those of you who are tuning into this particular episode and have tuned into series one as well. Well, loyal listeners, then you would know that during my high school years, I was not exactly popular. I had very few friends and, well, was somewhat and perhaps I still am, incredibly awkward. But we're not in high school anymore, are we? No, 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 no. We are in university. And in university is where everything changed. It's one of those amazing places where you meet extraordinary people. And I was excited to meet everyone from every part of the country, from every part of the world. It was a thrill. Unless you transferred schools when you were younger, which I didn't, You seemed almost frozen at the age everyone met you. So you start at, say, 12 or whatever age in your country. Well, for the UK, I believe it was like 11 to 12. It just felt like you were frozen at that age. And that was it. For the next five to seven years, everyone knew you as that awkward 12-year-old kid. Yeah, you might have a growth spurt or, you know, your view and music change or something. It was easier for everyone to label you as that awkward 12-year-old. And sadly, the movie makeovers never really happened off the big screen, not for me anyway. So I was stuck. But people forget you were frozen at the age 12. You've grown unknowingly. And suddenly you're presented with a new stage in life you get to change. Now take that change and enter a new world and by meeting new people at university. And it was utterly wonderful to meet everyone and I wasn't the only one who felt this Kate did too I did make quite a lot of friends at university when I started my undergraduate in Ireland I met some really really lovely people and there's people I'm still in contact with I wouldn't see them that often but we got on really well and I'm really glad I got to meet those people and it was such a it was actually a really nice group of people in my undergraduate it was very random different characters with very different opinions so it led to some interesting debate we had some really nice nights out as I was living a little bit further away I wasn't super into the clubbing scene but during the day in college you'd meet up with people you'd go into the college bar you'd go to the library together and that was really really nice and yeah I'm still in contact with a few of them we're in nice group chats and that and I know anytime I run into anyone I was in college with I'm really happy to see them and we have a nice conversation yeah no I was I was really happy with my social life in in my undergraduate so when I went to university it was perhaps one of the strangest shifts in my behavior or maybe it was the people at university I don't know but there was a shift I remember this song in my early preteens called popular by the Veronicas it's not the most amazing song ever written it's not the you know, greatest lyricist or doesn't make me cry or happy or ache. It it was one of those hairbrush songs that make you dance and pretend you're famous and look cool. And in my defense, I'd like to say I was between the ages of 12 and 14 when I heard this song. So please forgive me. But in the latter half of my first year into my second year, after the mess caused by Sebastian Vettel and the eventual mess that would become Mark Wright, I felt different and I felt that I made better impressions and I started going out more and seeing other people more not as in a romantic sense just seeing and meeting new people and it felt cool going to the shops going to afternoon lectures going to morning lectures going anywhere in my own adolescent mind I felt famous I'd walk down the street on my way to lectures with or without a friend people would want to talk to me want to say hi to me I felt confident to say hello to a lot of people just walking down the street Nico you out tonight Nico you going to this party nico when are you free hey how are you doing what's new with you are you coming to pre-drinks later fancy going to the cinema later nico did you hear what happened and if you still can't imagine it or can't grasp what feeling i was feeling here the best way i could describe it was like Lindsay lohan describing what it was like being with the plastics in mean girls if you don't know that monologue it went something like this 
being with the plastics was like being famous. People looked at you all the time. and Everybody just knew stuff about you. That's what it felt like. The only difference was I didn't see any plastics at university and I really hope I wasn't that person. But I had this buzz, this rush of going to parties or hanging out in bars with friends. The effortless attitude of it all. How relaxed it all seemed. It felt easy. Those nights out where you end up meeting with your friends the next morning for junk food, discussing some ridiculous event that happened the previous night. Those weird moments of invincibility. But during this time, I fed that need to be accepted, noticed and wanted. Now, I know I said in my last episode, attention and love are not the same thing. And I stand by that statement, they're not. But as people, we do want a base level of acknowledgement for good and different qualities. But during that time, I gave in to my ego and my vanity. I thrived on it. I loved it. I Going to parties, having boys come and talk to me, even if their intentions weren't so pure. And I hated myself for it, but it was fulfilling that thing I never got to have. It, it was powerful. It was great. And it was just nice. It was a good buzz. It was fun. I think my friend Dylan put it best of how parties should be and felt like. It went something like this or should go something like this. In terms of social scene, my ideal structure was meeting new people or spending some time with friends in a kickback setting. So like 12 people or less or a pregame setting where everybody gets nice and drunk at home or at one of their friends places where they could actually hear each other talk. And then go to a wild and crazy party afterwards together, like the equivalent of just a clubbing night. And UCSB was very, had a very active party scene, as I'm, I'm sure you probably know, it's reputation for partying is pretty worldwide. And so it was never really hard to find house parties, whether or not you were connected to a fraternity. You know, there were some, there are some campuses in the States, Berkeley being one of them, I think, where you needed to know somebody in a frat or be in a frat in order to get to a party, you know, just because the, the party scenes aren't super wild otherwise. UCSB, not like that at all. We, we had, we had crazy parties going on and I lived this all the time when I was, uh, when I was there for the first several years or for the first few years. In terms of the drinking age, yes, it is, it was fairly strictly adhered to, or fairly strictly enforced, I should say. Definitely not adhered to. I mean, I, I definitely drank for the first time when I was 18 and I'm sure that most of my friends in college did as well. Really, it was just a question of getting around the law or knowing somebody who was 21. <laughs> who could get the alcohol for people. And there would always be that that dance that we would have as freshmen with the, the, our 21-year-old friends. Or, yeah, it, or we would just try to get a hold of somebody who could get the alcohol for us. Either that or you would go into a party as an 18-year-old where there was already alcohol and you would just sort of go in on some shots and then if the cops show up, you either hide for dear life or you run away from the party. And yeah, there, there were some times that uh, there were some cops that showed up and broke a party. And it's always a terrifying experience because like everyone is having a good time. It's all super loud. Then all of a sudden one person is like, hey, everybody, 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 cops are coming. Everybody shut down. We got to shut it down. If you're not 21, you got to leave. Like it, it was part of the protocol to leave if you weren't part of the drinking age because you would get in trouble for it and you would probably get the owner of the house in trouble or whoever was responsible too. So we definitely had to keep an eye on that. But I mean, we still did it. You know, people are always gonna find a way to get fucked up and in college, regardless of the drinking age. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I loved going to parties, preferred going to them with friends that I had met earlier, or just people that I knew from earlier in the night during a point of the night where I could hear them talk and get to know them personally. And during that time of all the partying and the chaos, I was warned several times by several friends, by 
family members, even lecturers have warning me the curse that comes with overexertion. For you see, listeners, during this popular period of my life and all the bad choices I made, or even the good choices, my biggest problem back then was saying yes to everything. You may be on your commute or going somewhere or whatever you're doing now listening to this thinking, well, what's wrong with saying yes to everything? You know, you're outgoing, you're keeping busy. You know, a lot of people have trouble saying that. Most people just disregard things. And this is the problem. Both things... Both ends of the spectrum, if you will, of saying yes to everything and no to everything are equally as bad. One leads you into isolation and the other one leads you into overexertion and fatigue. I had the problem of saying yes to everything, whether it was taking on an extra project or starting up new projects, whether it was somebody I was barely interested in asked me out, I would say yes to a date. Because why not? It was constant. If people invited me to parties, yes, of course I'd go. Or I'd, you know, cut my time short at one party to make sure I attended everyone's party, get my pictures, to have Len in minutes or hours of just of ping after ping on my phone of just people's validations of how many people liked this photo or how many comments did I get or people commenting oh that was a good night you look great all those little moments I craved them I loved it I had albums on my social media which have now been hidden and or taken down of what people say oh you're just living your best life but in those smiles I was exhausted and I kept ignoring people's advice say no just say no to one thing take that evening off stay in watch trash tv do some self-care anything just don't keep overexerting yourself now that was the party side in university lectures i would still get there early i would still push and push and push to make sure i got the best possible grade i would always put my hand up i was i was just making sure i got my money's worth whenever i went to university because i wanted to i wanted to exceed i just kept pushing i wasn't necessarily part of a sports society but i was part of a different society and i helped manage it my role was an assistant assistant station manager of my student radio so i used to go around and help out and do what I could or you know whatever I possibly could and out with friends of different social groups at parties clubbing when you add everything up of taking extra work experience placements doing everything I possibly could and I I hope you can hear what's happening here while I lived for the pings those little notifications the phone calls the texts the tags I was exhausted and I went home one day tired exhausted burnt out and I'd started to slowly let things get a bit out of control in that I couldn't manage everything and this wasn't time management no it was you know people say oh you just have poor time management skills no i'd taken on too much there is a sensible way to work there is a smart way to work there is a a fair paced way to work that ensures everything gets done in a good quality manner then there was my way which was working and pushing on and on and on to the point where i went home one day went to my flat i don't think anybody was in and i just closed my door to my bedroom and i trashed it i just pushed everything aside i you know threw boxes i just took all my stress all my tiredness out on my room i i didn't know what to do i cried i screamed because despite that while i got to fulfill that little bit inside that crave that attention and that wanting to be that notoriety almost i wasn't entirely happy i just merely put a plaster over a, a gunshot wound if you will i was tired i was fatigued in my second year i'd pushed myself far too hard and i snapped 
between Mark Wright and I breaking up, between saying yes to every placement, to working a zero hour contract job, doing my checking my emails regularly to grab a shift quickly, doing everything I possibly could to just be burnt. I was utterly burnt out. Because of when you're at your one of your lowest points, you really do see who your friends are. You see who are those who are going to help you through this, who are going to tell you the truth. And then you slowly learn who will stay around, you know, which one of those pings were good, which one of those tags meant it. And I was lucky I had good friends for that. And I later on made more friends who were like that, which I'm grateful for. But I definitely learned in the realms of popularity, moderation is key. Even as I got older, and am older now, even in the present day, I've gotten better at saying no to things. It's tough because it's it's that wanting to be accepted, that yearning to be enter a group. And how I got through that is just by pure honesty. You know, people come up to me. When I started to learn no, it got easier. I remember somebody asking me, do you want to come out with us tonight? These people are coming and these people are coming let's hang out. And I just said, no, thank you. I'm I'm not available tonight. Not nastily, but I, it did give me a time to think of and almost laugh and, to myself of what happened to that, no, thank you, but how about I meet you in the club at, you know, 11.30 with this group of friends? I stopped adding that live in. I just said, no, I'm going to stay at home today or I'm just going for a quiet meal with one friend tonight. And it was slowly learning that moderation. And you find those friends who are there for the long haul. Again, it's a hard thing to learn and to accept, but it's it's certainly one of the best lessons I learned at university. That fear of missing out was real for me because when you had missed out on what felt like so much years beforehand, it's almost as if you want the complete opposite. No, I was no longer that awkward dweebish geeky kid in school i changed i i felt cool i felt popular i i had that attention i craved i had people complimenting me and obviously i complimented back of course it was just it was a different validation i never had before i had it in academia i had it in my behavior with popularity it was frightening because it was i've learned that it's actually almost a curse because then everyone zones in on you and you make a mistake and suddenly everyone knows and that's and that eventually happened to a few of us on nights out you make one bad mistake or you say one wrong thing to somebody who's a bit tipsy and suddenly you're the worst person alive and you have to live with the guilt because you can't remember what happened and you have to just take a step back and realize this can't be it forever things changed things got better i swapped i swapped bottles for teacups i chose sobriety later but i'll get into that into a later date i'm not fully sober but for periods in my, you know, younger 20s, I wasn't necessarily an alcoholic. I just knew what I was doing was affecting who I was as a person, not to a degree of, say, theft or immediately thinking of wanting alcohol or any substance or anything like that. It was more of, it's affecting what I do. It is taking time out of my future. How about I learn to just have fun with water or just have a tea or a coffee with friends or a milkshake even or you know something of that nature because I don't think necessarily what I was addicted to was even the alcohol or I was addicted to wanting to be needed I loved it again because I'd never had it and when you've never had something and you immediately like it you want more of it it's like going back for seconds for thirds in terms of time I went back for weeks for months and then when everything stops and it was predominantly after Mark Wright, just before I met Hugh Laurie, is when I just changed and I said, no, no more. 
I didn't want that life anymore. I wanted a quieter, simpler time at university that never stopped me going out. I still went out clubbing and I still met up with friends and had a laugh, but it meant that I didn't drink till 5am in the morning. I didn't have to stay at the club until closing. I went out with better people who we may get separated, but we'd rendezvous and we'd, you know, help each other out when needed getting home. So while at university, I met all these amazing people, had all these amazing experiences, so many lessons. I I regret people I may have hurt. I regret the days I've lost when I could have been working on new creative projects. I regret waking my housemates up when I came home a little bit tipsy. My bad guys. But the one thing I learned with everything I wish I knew during this period is a level of moderation and learning to say no. No, I don't have to go out every night. No, I don't have to see everybody in one day. No, I don't have to work till 4am in the morning on a deadline. But what I can do is I can say yes to seeing a few people over a couple of days, one for lunch, maybe in the evening see a friend, go to the cinema with them. The next day, maybe I'll see one friend at the pub or whatever. But I didn't need to say yes to every single time, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, making up brunches that didn't need to be, need to exist. I could say no and go work in the library and then get past better grades. So while it may sound like I'm saying, oh, just manage your time better, things will be fine. That's not the intention. Maybe you do need to learn how to time manage better. And in which case, by all means, take that as the lesson and go learn it. Put it in practice. Find what works for you. But with everything I wish I knew, I know I've said it again. Don't need to say yes to everything. It's okay to say no. It really is. And if they are good people, they will understand. And then they'll invite you to the next thing. Don't say no all the time because that's no good either. But saying yes, can be quite detrimental. So don't be afraid to say either of them. Look at your plans. Look what you want to achieve. And somehow work that around. Yes, you, sometimes you have to do the things you don't want to do. That is life. That is how the world works sometimes. But even when you make it through that, you still get to make some choices within that. But it's almost as if the same lesson also stands from last week. Well, from the last episode, attention and love aren't the same thing. Trust me, I know. Even in popularity, I learned that. So listeners, for those of you who have trouble saying no, I implore you to maybe not say no all the time, but do make time for yourself. If there's one thing I learned, I try and give myself one weekend a month, that is mine. Or a couple of evenings a week where I'm not super busy and just say, nope, this is my time. I'm going to work on this, I'm going to read this book, or I'm going to go to the gym and just relax and just make time to do things for myself and not anyone else. And then for those of you with the opposite problem, perhaps, of always saying no to things, you know, you don't have to go big with it. Just say, yeah, I'll meet you for lunch on this day, or let's go for dinner on this day, or I'm going to the cinema do you want to come with me? If you're no good at making the plans for joining in of the plans people have already made, you can always make your own plans and add the people you want. There's a level of power in having some control in the situation. But just don't live for those likes, the texts, the messages every time your phone flashes. It's really not worth it. And if you do get a lot of those messages, please do turn your phone on silent because my poor housemates in my second year were quite annoyed at how much my phone buzzed when I left it on the kitchen counter and had to put it on silent for me because it was almost moving across the counter from all the group chats and the texts and the messages and the likes and all of it. It was quite exhausting. And my poor phone 
did not make it into the f- yeah not because i broke it but because the battery was pretty much gone on it being popular has its own perks but feeling popular and happier within yourself that's better trust me on that so if you can test yourself this week say yes to some things and say no to others whatever works best for you but all things in moderation trust me on that one because i've only just learned it and i'm still trying to keep it in line so i'll see you all in two weeks take care Bye.